This is Moving Pictures, and I'm your host, Brent Gunn. Not since the mid-1990s has anime been more culturally popular than it is today. With resources like Crunchyroll and Netflix providing streaming of dozens to hundreds of different anime series, the accessibility to the once obscure culture of anime has never been more prominent. With this popularity and easily exploitable, one must admit, very passionate fan base, studios are now attempting to target this audience with a new trend in mainstream filmmaking. This trend in America is the quote, live action adaptation trend taking Japanese anime series and films as source material for a more westernized interpretation. Now, I could try to argue about the racial or cultural component to that, and I could make the argument that the mishandling of the source material with whitewashed casts is somewhat of a disrespect to the art form itself. But I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm more concerned with is if cinematically, live-action adaptations of these anime can even work in theory and in practice. Because as we have seen with a recent wave of these adaptations, Avatar The Last Airbender, Ghost in the Shell, and most notoriously and recently Death Note, the concept of adapting these animated series to the live-action format seems to be a process that's damned from the start. So we have to ask ourselves, are live-action adaptations of anime destined to always fail? Is this because of cinematic and creative incompetence, or is the animation style incompatible with the limits of live-action cinema? I'm not not a fan of anime, but I am pretty picky and selective with the genre. I love the melodramatic and beautiful films The Garden of Words, 7 centimeters per second, and The Grave of Fireflies. And I do enjoy the series Blue Exorcist, Gunslinger Girl, and Serial Experiments Lane, and a few others. However, when I do watch a film that is created with the purpose of being a live-action adaptation of anime source material, I often am unfamiliar with the source material. Now, I'm not one of those individuals who believes adaptations need to adhere strictly to the source material. I tend to criticize and analyze these adaptations as films rather than just adaptations alone. One of the main issues I have with the concept alone of anime live adaptations is that the anime style of anime itself is so unique and hyperactive in most cases. The characters expose so much character, behavior, and emotion through physical means that human actors are incapable of doing with the assistance of CGI. Motion marks surrounding the characters, steam coming out of their ears, their facial features changing depending on the tone and mood of the scene, the elaborate action sequences, the melodrama of the voiced acting, the changing, flashing backgrounds and foregrounds. The animation style has so many characteristics that truly set it apart from other styles of animation. Transferring these intangible characters into a physical space to be imitated by actors seems completely counterintuitive as to why anime fans love the genre so much. Often, when I talk to people that are fans of anime, they don't just love the characters and stories, they love the way the characters look, they love the culture, the style, and complete summation of the genre's components. Transferring these animated characters into the live-action setting makes me lose the artistry of the style, and what I found to make those specific series and films I listed earlier so much more uniquely enjoyable. Rather, the live-action adaptations often seem plagued by mainstream Western filmmaking conventions and cliches. These characters, while animated, seem to affect audiences differently than a human interpretation. I feel this is because animation has more possibility than the physical world. Actors are hindered by many uncontrollable factors, and expressing emotionality, aggression, etc. is difficult enough for actors to accomplish. 
The heightened emotionality and dramatic embellishment found in most anime is a stylistic feature most actors physically can't perform, at least not in a way that is in any way infectious. When I watch anime, I feel like I'm watching a graphic novel being played frame by frame in front of me. I feel like it is a moving representation of literature, which may be a valid definition for anime itself. From a theoretical and practical standpoint, I feel like anime can't work in a live-action scenario, at least not in most cases. We're going to talk about Death Note, a somewhat controversially bad entry into the trend, and really analyze why we feel this film isn't just a bad adaptation of a beloved anime series, but is also just a product that doesn't work as a film proper. Alright, so now... So now we're going to bring on uh, Jay. He's uh, quite the weeb from my experience. Not true. That, that's what they all say. But um, we're going to talk about Death Note and just go like point by point. I have six different aspects to it that I kind of wanted to dive through with you. So like, just tell me what you thought just first off the bat. Um, it's not a very faithful adaptation. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a great movie. I don't think it's a particularly offensive movie either, though. Like it's, offensively batters, like offensive on like the whitewashing thing. Um, I mean, the whitewashing thing is a different thing. It's not my favorite thing. I prefer not to talk about it. Right. Because like it's bad, and I don't feel like I really need to say anything other than that. Right. But right. um, I, I just don't feel it's like not good. But I don't think it's an offensively bad adaptation. I just felt like I was watching like any other movie adaptation of like some young adult novel or whatever it felt like yeah. i was watching twilight yeah it and felt, um yeah it's okay it, it had a lot of things tonally that reminded me of like suicide squad i haven't seen suicide squad all right well there there's uh like remember one of the opening scenes where uh the girls you know with all the cheerleaders and they're yeah. smoking cigarettes yeah. things like that that are so like stylistically over the top there's a lot of just weird things that are thrown into the movie that are so kind of bogged down by trends that are popular, like a lot of like neon colors, yeah. a lot of really bright cinematography. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Let, let, let's let's start with this first aspect of just the acting, like just to get that out of the way. Acting is passable. It's not good. Willem Dafoe is great. Yeah, um, that, that's one thing that I've like consistently seen. He's from also not. Like in person playing the character, he's a CGI Ryuk, the uh, the demon, the Shinigami from the Death Note franchise, which is CGI in this live action film. But his voice acting is very, very good, very believable. fits the fits the role very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe is amazing. Yes, shouts out to Willem Dafoe. But um, no, when I was watching the film for the first time, uh, right off the bat, I wasn't really enjoying it. But when, you know, he did make his, like, grand first appeal in the classroom, you know, I really, wow, like, this this looks really good. I thought that was executed really, really well. Yeah. It, not, it, not not how he's introduced, but just the character itself, yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Ryuk being, like, just there is good. Um, Light's reaction after the fact is probably the worst moment of acting in the entire movie, though. Yeah. Kind of sours the entire thing. Yeah, that, that <laughs> scream. There's a, there's a few moments where... Light Turner. Light Turner. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Fairly God parents. Oh no. <laughs> well, I 
I like how they threw in that thing with the cop of, oh, your mother was a hippie, remember? Yeah. And that's why your name's Light. Like, just yep. weird things like that that, I don't know. Why even keep his name Light if you're going to change? It's iconic. Got to keep the icon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the acting, I thought... Honestly, okay I, thought, I thought it was pretty weak for for the most part. And I don't think it's so much that like they're bad actors because I've seen um, who played uh, L. He was in Get Out. Yeah, he was the, the guy who got his body stolen in Get Out. Right. And, yeah. and he's a good actor. I've seen him in a couple other. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I've seen either. him in a couple other things. And he's a good actor. No, look it up. And of course, Willem Dafoe, you know, he's played Jesus. You know, that guy, he has cred. But um, God, the main for this movie the actor playing light. I, I don't think they could have had a worse pick. Um, I don't know. I've, it I've, seems so mis miscasted. I, I feel like the, the issue isn't so much the acting or the actor so much as, you know, the way they characterize light. I don't know if there's a way to act a character like that. Right. Very believably. I, I don't know. They, um, they seem to make light a bit more, of like this bad boy, like this this kind of like, like sexually, uh, you know, this kind of like he's hot a confused, bad boy. conflicted teenager. You know, like anybody else, like that might be going through high school. Of, but of course, it's you know a dramatized version of that. Right. For a what what is essentially a young adult novel movie. That's what I'm going to describe it because that that is what it feels like. Right. And right, it does. he's. It feels and very like made for compared yeah. to the anime light, who's just a full blown sociopath, right? Like completely is out of his mind. Like I'm going to kill all these people. Like anime light, Ryuk shows up and is like, "Hey, that notebook, you can uh, kill people with that." He's like, "Ryuk, I can change this world." Whereas you know, uh, movie light is just like, ah, yeah, he's very whiny. Yeah. Very, very whiny, very just irritating. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, to, to compare he seems it to a lot the, less competent. To compare but. it to the source material, you know, the anime and the manga, um, I've heard a lot of people say that it differs in quite a few instances. Were any of the changes really that, like, distracting for you that, like, totally took you out of it? I mean, I guess thematically it's an entirely different piece of media, and that's, like, the biggest thing for me. Um, it's... You know, the anime, the manga series, it's basically this long discourse about, you know, what is just, right. justice, what is permissible. You know, it's uh, ethics 101, basically. So what what do but, you think uh, about the, the concept that I was talking about earlier with the uh, idea of animes just, like, not being able to properly be transferred into a live-action scenario? Um, I... If you expect it to be anything like anime, absolutely not. I think somebody could adapt an anime series into live action and make something good, but I don't think it can be anything like anime. You're talking about an anime that's a bit more like grounded in realism. N not even that, maybe, but like, um, like you have like some artsy anime series, like um, Serial Experiments Lane. Mononoke, Serial Experiments Lane, and as much as I hate to admit it. Bakemonogatari. Yep. And like um you can make this really surreal, potentially really wild and out there adaptation of that that like doesn't look or feel anything like anime. And I think there's like tons of potential for that to be good. Do I think it come could come from a Western outlet? Probably not. Would right. I want it to? 
Not really. And I guess like when you're taking that big of a risk of like adapting like an anime and like bringing it into, you know, the United States or whatever, you got to do your due diligence to make sure it'll be enticing so it can actually, you know, make some of that money back. And um, you're not going to be doing that by just making, you know, a weirdo like out there art film or like strange mix mash like that. Because I, I was doing a little bit of like research before this episode, and you know, anime like it, it's an animation style, but it is really embedded to Japanese culture. Like it's very tied into the history and the culture. I believe like anime originated from like um, postage during like World War II, like these types of letters that soldiers were sending to their wives, and it was like early entertainment during World War II. That's kind of where it originated from, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And just that that idea alone, that it's a very specific to that region animation style, you know, it it, it feels like th- there's so many components to it that are so indicative of what it is, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like it's an anime live adaptation. It just feels like it's pretending to be like that source yeah, material. Yeah, it, it just know? wears its source material like around it. It doesn't like explore anything meaningful in it like with right. any capacity. Like um, I could talk about the recent, you know, Ghost in the Shell movie and the disconnect between that and the original movie. Um, don't know if that's appropriate to talk about here. What about but, Akira? Um, do you think, do you see that getting like a live action? I, I think soon, it'd be or? something that'd be, a lot of people would probably look into and think about it. Like Kanye West even loves that movie. <laughs> I don't think it could be done faithfully or meaningfully or well by a Western studio. I think I heard Cowboy Bebop is getting yeah, a Yeah, that was action. a thing oh, years ago too. Like there's always been talks of like a Cowboy Bebop live action movie being in the works. Like they even casted Keanu Reeves to play Spike Spiegel at one point mm. and just like nothing happens. Yeah. But um yeah I, I guess I guess we kind of agree on that aspect then that it it can be like it could possibly possibly be done a good live action adaptation, but it's gonna be like a lot harder to you, accomplish that. I feel like you need like somehow like just some director, some independently wealthy director who like just gets it and like is willing to like just make some far out thing yeah i I feel and... like they they can't like sit on the fence with it because mm-hmm. like stylistically the thing that I disliked so much about the Death Note film is that nothing about the film felt like the source material it just felt like a movie that is telling the story of Death Note yeah it felt like, just, like just a very standard it's, it's American not even action like movie telling the story of Death Note I mean it just felt like Twilight and like Light's a bumbling idiot for most of the movie <laughs> he doesn't do anything smart until the very end of the movie which was actually pretty entertaining to watch him like explain like what he did I'll admit I I, I did get some enjoyment out of that but for the most part he's just like this bored teenager who's moody and is killing people because his girlfriend tells him to and it's like man this isn't interesting this doesn't make me think about anything this isn't profound and really, the visuals are not all that interesting. Either. Now, you said that it wasn't like offensive. Uh, would you say that like Avatar, The Last Airbender, would fall into that category? I haven't or seen the, the Dragon Ball live action. I haven't seen the M. Night Shyamalan uh, Avatar movie. From what I know, it's complete and utter garbage. Um, it is. No real <laughs> desire to see it. Dragon Ball Evolution is just silly. It's Netflix movie, it is silly, 
but it doesn't feel silly. Right. Like Dragon Ball Evolution is like this is dumb, <laughs> and uh, I guess it is offensive if you want to think about it like that. So, um, touching back on Death Note, let's talk about like the cinematography because that was one thing that I saw people actually praising the movie for. Um, I don't have that strong of a background in film. Um, nothing seemed off about the cinematography to me. Like it all looked very nice. I didn't notice any cuts that were just too abhorrent or anything like that. I think it tried to be more stylized than it than it needed. It was to be. definitely pretty stylized. Um, I didn't hate it. Um. Definitely thought it was a lot at points. Like the chase scene near the end of the movie, I thought it was yeah. like, mm, I, I see what you're doing. And there were a couple of moments like when uh, L is chasing light where I, I could see what they were trying to do with a lot of like having the camera back to really observe the action. Mm-hmm. They didn't want really like exuberantly cut action scenes where you can't really tell what's going on. But they just felt really flat because it's like the action that they were performing, the, the choreography really wasn't that like exuberant no, or that they really were, complex. There was like cheap parkouring. Yeah. It was like one guy running in one direction and another guy chasing him like tripping over garbage cans. Right. And that's really all that it amounted to until they get to the pier but then it's not even a chase scene at that point. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to talk about like the whole whitewashing thing because uh, I think it's I think it like goes without saying what our opinion on that yeah. is. But um do, do you think that a film like Death Note would have worked better if they had casted it with, um, like, Asian-American actors? Do you think that that would make it better? I don't think you could criticize it for whitewashing, but I don't think it saves a film. Right. I think the writing's still going to be the writing. I think, you know, the directing's still going to be the directing. I think the themes are still going to be the themes they are in the movie. Right. Like, I if agree. we take into account that the actors are the only thing that changes, like... yeah. I don't think it was the actors that made the movie questionable. There are things that the movie did, though, that I liked. Like what? I think there's definitely a movie in there where, whereas if you were to take light and turn him into, like, you know, less of a sociopath, less of, like, a, this mono- mega maniacal, like, mastermind and just turn him into, you know, just some angsty teenager I who just happens to fall upon this, you know this book that can kill everybody. Like, if you focused on that and, like, made him deal with, like, the um, the angst and the dilemma that arises of having that absolute power and how to deal with that, which, like, they showed in the movie, but it wasn't really explored and it wasn't really anything like, huh, maybe this is wrong. Then Light's girlfriend says, no, you, you got to kill these people. And Light's like, huh, right. yeah, I guess you're right. And then he just kills them. But, like, if they showed, like, some some actual struggle, some actual sorrow... Um, I think you could have a good thing that going for it there, and oh, that's can, that. can, can we talk really? Sorry, can we talk really briefly about like the final destination esque oh, action oh, yeah. scene? Yeah, so we, um, we need to address that. So, like the death scenes in this movie, garbage. Um, can I like go full on spoilers here? Uh, yeah, I'll like three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Go. Okay, so like the first death scene in the movie. Um, Ryuk is like, here, write this bully's name in the notebook. So Light does. And there's this fire truck or some truck that has a ladder, like, attached on, like, the top of it. And it crashes. And the ladder just, like, flies off the truck. And it slices this bully's head 
clean off, like a completely blunt edge, just slicing this guy's head in half. And it's like, this could come straight out of any one of the Final Destination movies. The, 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 it was the, ridiculous. The gory, yeah, the gory violence was so unexpected. And then like when it when it hit, when I first saw that scene, I was like, what? What just happened? Yeah. What am I watching? Like, like you watch the anime and lights just like killing people with heart attacks all the time. And I guess that's not a thing you can do in Netflix world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why they, they that was such a weird um, decision to, to go that route. Like, oh, well, let's make it really gory, really edgy with the vibe. Like, why? Yeah. Why? I, I felt like most people just looked at that and laughed. Yeah, it was it was there were a lot of things that were very, good. very kind of like MTV horror film esque yeah. about the film. Yeah, but you know, I think that's more of a Western problem than. Yeah, maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I like, mean Japan has their very fair share of cheesy gore. Oh, of course, so. of course. But um, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh because maybe like, you know, anime live adaptations will get better over time, or maybe you know. A film will come along that can be justly made. I just really think it needs to be in the hands of like a truly talented director. Like yeah. imagine if Quentin Tarantino made Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino making Cowboy Bebop would be something. <laughs> I I think I think it would be better than like some no name nobody. Yeah, it'd be better than Netflix Death Note, but um I'd imagine there'd be a lot of discussion taking place on the internet over that for years and years and years if that were ever to happen. Yeah, yeah I could see that. But I, I think that in the hands of like uh, kind of more auteur, something interesting could really be made. Yeah. Are there any animes right now that you would like to see a live action adaptation of um, that you think it, it could work or just that you think would be good? It's not something I really think think about that often um i mean if i look at like some of my favorite series there um you have shows on one hand that are you know very heavy thematically and way out there and artistic like uh neon genesis evangelion and serial experiments lane right neon genesis evangelion i do not think absolutely ever could be adapted meaningfully serial experiments lane maybe Um, that would be hard yeah, the, it, the, it would have to be like Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, like yeah. pulling out of his 1999 card. Yeah, it would have to be very mm-hmm. cyberpunk. Like, I mean, the fountain's almost an anime, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Richard Linklater could make a, a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Other than that, I guess I don't really care about seeing any anime ever being adapted live action. You know. By a Western director or Japanese or otherwise, it's just something that I think is completely extraneous. I, I guess I just don't really see anime fans demanding these films be made. No, they like anime because it's anime. Right. Like it, they, they feel completely satisfied with the medium. Yeah. I just don't really know why these studios feel the need to meet this demand that I don't really think is there. Yeah. It feels like a completely just uh, made up demand. Like, oh, they, they want this. We know that they want this. No. They they want to, you know, hang out with their waifus and their you know <laughs> their animated girlfriends. You yeah, know, they, they they don't want to see nothing wrong Scarlett Johansson. And there's nothing. Hey, that that's you. That's your life. That's fine with me. But they don't want to see like Scarlett Johansson no. in an action movie. They don't care. They 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 they, they don't care because these are more, you know, they're they're in the same stripe as like comic nerds. And it's a little bit different having like Batman 
uh, adapt, you know, adapted yeah. to a film. Because Batman's like a human being. He's a he's they, more of like a traditional ba- Western yeah. guy. Batman also has the cultural clout, like in the Americas. Yeah, being same kind with like Superman like and stuff icon, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's not really... I mean, I, I guess you can do animated films in live action, like how they did with like Space Jam. But can you imagine <laughs> like like a spaceman? I mean, a Space Jam like rendered anime. I, I live think action. Space Jam might be a bit of an outlier here. If I'm being completely honest, that, that's like the right down the middle gray, gray yeah. area. But all right, I mean, is there anything else that you really wanted to talk about with that? I guess. Um, I, I kind of have a continuation of what I want to say about, you know, the light as an angsty high schooler thing. Yeah. Um, light's a high schooler in the the manga and the anime, but he doesn't seem like any real high schooler. He seems just like super genius before he gets the notebook, then he's like evil mastermind immediately right after he gets it. Yeah. And that seems weird to me. And I get wanting to write a character like that. But I think something needs to be mentioned about the limitations there are on like anime as a medium in Japan. Overwhelming, vast amount, majority of shows, main character is always a high schooler. And I wouldn't yes. be surprised if that's why it is in Death Note, just because that's the case. That's just how it is culturally there. So I like a reinterpretation of Light as, you know, just uh, Mooney Teenager a lot more. Because I do think ultimately it is more believable. Yeah. And I wish that could have been explored in a more... More interesting, more sympathetic, and more more human way, I guess, than it was. So, something I, I noticed in a lot of... Uh, I, I just saw It last night. Yeah. And something I just have been noticing with a lot of, you know, Western horror films and action films and stuff, is they try to cram a lot of exposition and a lot of character development in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Really early into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the scene with... Uh, Light and his his father, you yeah. know, at the dinner table. It's his like cop dad. Yeah, it's like the third or fourth scene in the movie, and you learn, you know, his mom's died. He's really bitter about it. He's mad that his dad's a cop, and yeah. it's just they shove all of this, and it's not even like tastefully interjected in a conversation. No, just it's just like blunt. They exposition. just freak out at each other. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, something else really weird about that scene is. They live, like, right next to some train tracks, apparently, and it shows the entire house shaking. And I was like, okay, they might be going with some uh, some symbolism with that later in the movie. And then the train is just never in it again. And I'm like, why? Yeah, you were telling me that. We, why? we I still can't. I, wa- I rewatched it today before this episode, mm-hmm. and I noticed that. And I was just like, what? why did they do that? Yeah, it seemed like a weird just, art- just to be, like, artistic choice. Yeah. But, yeah, very, um, definitely a lot of vibes. There's just a lot of current... Uh, really heightened action movies. I know that you haven't seen Suicide Squad, but one thing that Suicide Squad did that it got a lot of criticism for was the soundtrack was really overbearing. And had my girl Grimes. <laughs> and a lot of uh, kind of overbearing music cues that were like choreographed with the scenes. Mm-hmm. Death Note didn't really have that, but I will say the soundtrack was so out of place. It, it had like... Just 80s pop songs, and that was the soundtrack. Not and even just, just 80s pop songs. Like, towards the end of the movie, there's, like, a lot of these weird, um, like, young adults, angsty, like, indie pop songs that, hmm. that are just by these unknown artists I've never heard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, I really I, remember any of those. I felt those. like I was watching, like, Pretty Little Liars or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, tonally. It, it was just so all over the place because you have... That the twilight atmosphere yeah. you're telling me about. Then you have this like Final Destination esque gore, 
Then you have this like teen romance thing, the action. It just did mm-hmm. not seem to come together whatsoever. Yeah. We didn't even touch on Light's girlfriend in the movie. Let's not. Oh, that boy. Was, that was, I, I think everyone can agree she was like one of the least impressive parts. Well, I mean, the, the equivalent to her character in the, in the anime series too is like a bad character too, in my opinion. Yeah. But a bad character in a different way. I, I and, can understand that. Yeah. The, the movie just feels so unmotivated. Yeah. And so really just uninspired. Yeah, I, I don't get what it was trying to say, if anything at all. <clears throat> I think it was just supposed to be like, you know, you can watch this action movie with, you know, this Ryuk guy and this light guy who can kill people with the notebook. Isn't that yeah. cool? You know? And I like, I, I don't need movies to be profound. I don't need movies to be like high art to enjoy them. But when I feel like a movie is made with no style and no real inspiration to it, and it just feels like a very carefully, meticulously storyboarded, you know, Mm -hmm. just studio-processed film, like how I feel like the new Death Note is, I I can't really find anything to enjoy. That's how I felt about the new It. It just felt very sanitized, you know? You know, I can like a lot of things about a lot of films if I have a lot of problems with some of the other aspects if I really like the core theme. Yeah. I don't know what the core theme for Netflix Death Note was. I yeah. don't. Like, what, what do you think the core theme in the anime is? It's just what is justice, which is sounds pretty trite and cliche, but it is a really deep question. Yeah. I mean, we and have college feel like classes that, about it. And you don't feel like that theme was really explored no. in the live action? No. Light was just like, man, it's a good thing to kill these criminals in that movie, right? And then Elle was like, you can't just do that. You can't just get away with that. And Light was like, huh. I guess you're right at the end. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's it. It didn't ask anything at yeah, all. That, that, that's a criticism I have with a lot of modern movies now. The 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 conflict seems to always get so easily resolved, yeah. so quickly resolved just by, you know, characters just disagreeing or they make characters such polar opposites to yeah. each other where they have to disagree. It's it's a shame because, like, a lot of people are really excited for this. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, you know... It, it, it's a bad movie. It's not the worst thing. And if you like this movie, we're not saying you're wrong for liking it. You know, I, I, I've heard many like hardcore anime fans like defending it. Really? I, I've seen some. I've seen a couple. I don't think I've seen a single person very loudly defend it at all in any capacity. I've seen a couple so. YouTube comments and tweets every now and then, a couple uh, people on Facebook. You yeah, know? I, I don't pay attention to that content, I suppose. But yeah. Um, so yeah, basically that's uh, how we feel about Death Note. Thanks a lot for coming on, Jay. Yeah, for I really sure. Appreciate hearing your your input. You're much more knowledgeable on uh, anime than I am. Uh, yeah, I've made some mistakes when I was 14 years old. They paid off now, though. I don't know what that means. It means I decided to watch anime when I was 14 oh, years old. Oh, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> like why did you ever get into that? All right, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, for sure. Has the concept of adaptations or new interpretations run its course yet with American audiences? Or has the formula just not yet been perfected? I think we can say with confidence that the trend of anime live-action adaptations is not only polarizing to the core fanbase and most general audiences, but also seems to highlight a cultural dissonance within the mainstream filmmaking industry. This isn't a lecture on the politics of whitewashing, but one can't seem to escape that dilemma. For me personally, I'm choosing to analyze why I don't think these films work on a basic filmmaking aspect. 
The uninspired but commercially eager intentions of studios and producers can be accepted and indulged as entertainment for entertainment's sake. Not everything needs to be profound or high art. But this selective acceptance should be met with some cynicism and some insight into whether or not these films and adaptations deserve our time and patience as an audience. Ultimately, the culture of anime and the fanbase, I believe, deserve more respect with regards to these final products. Because if we're going to believe these adaptations come from a place of sincerity and love for the source material, we should be able to see that inspiration on the screen. This has been Moving Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn, and thank you for listening.